Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can write into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And on this week's show, I'm going to talk about how I met that Kevin Smith and my adventures at Monster Jam, and seeing an exclusive sneak preview of the upcoming movie 12 Strong, plus um, a, uh, I've got some music from Limberlost to get you hyped for their upcoming show this Friday. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Cybert Radio, but first, let's kick things off in our traditional fashion with some shout-outs. So we start off with a response to last week's show where I was making fun of uh, certain counties in Oregon, uh, rural counties, that have now made it legal for people to pump their own gas or rather uh, not make it illegal um, and people lost their minds. Uh, but also um, uh, that that poor bastard Jeopardy contestant from Everett that uh, apparently doesn't know his Coolio songs. You said gangsters instead of gangstas on that song by Coolio. So we got a response from the Couch Potato Files podcast, who I think put it succinctly, if not uncomfortably. Uh, they write, a gangster pumps his own gas. A gangsta has his hoe do it for him. <laughs> so uh, my man Killing Spree at Late Night Death uh, responded to uh, my sharing some of the stories of woe of, you know, people being afraid of being killed or or uh, uh, smelling like gas and all other uh, casual misfortunes that uh, um, every other state in the union gets to enjoy uh, from pumping our own gas. Anyway, he uh, um, he mentioned that uh, those responses uh, from Oregonians make me hate Oregon now. Now, I pressed him on it a little bit i'm like how do you mean by now um uh, before it was dislike now it's hate it's friday friday gotta get down friday so i want to give props to uh, uh some podcasters and folks out there that have uh, included us in their follow friday twitter blasts um, if you want to participate in that, all you have to do is tag a bunch of shows or accounts or whatever you like uh, out on Twitter on Friday. Put it out there. Put the hashtag FF. Um, uh, you know, it could be for the Fantastic Four or the Future Foundation or however you like. Uh, but it's uh, it, a lot of independent podcasters use that.
that to uh, promote each other's show and to, you know, just kind of raise that awareness. But I want to uh, uh, call out a couple folks that included us in their Follow Friday Blast. Uh, those being Sharp the Podcast, Drinks with Larry, J360 Productions, the Movie Mayhem Podcast, and I um, uh, I also wanted to talk about uh, the South Dallas Foodie. Basically, she put out a gift saying, hey, follow me, not too proud to beg, which, you know what, props for being bold, just putting it all out there. Um, so I followed her, and <laughs> and we, we just ended up trading uh, DJ Khaled gifts and memes all day long because um, uh, not only is DJ Khaled a national treasure, but he is also a philosopher of the ages. So here are some wise words with DJ Khaled. You smart. You very smart. We the best. You a genius. I appreciate you. (laughs) You loyal. I changed. A lot. You can too. <laughs> win, 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 no matter what. Them doors that was closed, I ripped the doors off and took the hinges off. And when I took the hinges off, I put the hinges in the f- boy's hands. <laughs> yeah, in the f- boy's hands. You know, I, I took the whole door off and the hinges and I put it in the f- boy's hands. You could put the hinges on the hands too. Never give up, never surrender. Put this money in your savings account. (laughs) Buy your mama a house. Buy your whole family houses. This next part of the video is when you're doing push-ups or you're doing (laughs) sit-ups, whatever, let's get it. Okay, let's get it. Another one. Another one. Another one. (laughs) Another one. And another one. And another one. (laughs) And that has been Wise Words with DJ Khaled. When you feel like you just can't go on, remember... Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. And another one. (laughs) And another one. God damn it. And uh, and Jerry and Cal of the From the Bottom podcast uh, not only included uh, this show in their Follow Friday Twitter blast, uh, but they also included us in a post that I thought was pretty cool. Um, they uh, uh, There was a post from BuzzFeed News, a tweet from them, um, and it says, Tell us about the podcast that you absolutely love and want others to listen to, and it might feature in their 2018 uh, podcast list. Um, so apparently they're just looking for uh, user feedback there. Um, but uh, but yeah, they they tagged us in that along with uh, several other uh, really cool shows. Um, so I retweeted that. You can check that out. Uh, the Drinks with Larry podcast also uh, uh, tagged this show in their own post as well. So basically, uh, you reply to the BuzzFeed News uh, tweet and then just put the handles of all of the shows that they would um, 
that you would like to see them feature. Um, I haven't done that yet, but um, I'm going to put my thinking cap on and definitely do that because uh, it's really good company uh, to be in. And I really appreciate uh, being included in not just one, but two uh, posts of that liking. So uh, uh, thank you guys so much for that. And thank you to everybody who corresponds with me throughout the week. Uh, And again, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And, uh, and, and my last shout out of the week goes to Destiny City Comics in Tacoma, who hosted that meet and greet event with Kevin Smith this last Sunday. Um, I'm going to elaborate on that more in the next segment, but I thought I would read to you uh, the thank you note that they put out on their website. That's DestinyCityComics.com uh, because it calls out a lot of folks that um, I didn't necessarily get to meet or know by name, uh, but their uh, uh, their help in making that such a successful event uh, was something that I definitely appreciated as well. Uh, So they write, first of all, Thanks to Kevin Smith for coming. Extremely nice guy who was great to talk to. You could tell everyone was enjoying every second. Can't thank him enough for staying late to meet everyone who came to attend. Uh, Thanks to the helpers who were available last minute. Each person helped in just the right way to help pull it off. Uh, Chris Merritt, our door guy who was checking people in. Uh, Nathan Ketzner, uh, helping check people out. Kevin Noddle for being right by Mr. Smith and snapping pics. Uh, Damian Harmon for helping in general and reminding people to grab those certificates of authenticity if they need them. And the photographers I'll be sharing who are selling prints. Uh, thank you to our good neighbors, King's Books, for putting up with us and hosting the massive queue of folks who came out for that. Uh, shout out to local shops Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics, Tricky's Pop Culture Emporium, and Danger Room Comics for helping out gathering spare Kevin Smith stuff. Had a few extra rarities available for the event, but they went quick. Uh, Thank you, all who attended. Brought huge enthusiasm, respect, and passion for our special guest. Provided support on social media and put up with me running around with no prior experience hosting a celebrity event of this magnitude. Uh, End of that note. I don't know specifically who wrote that. Otherwise, I would um, uh, attribute it um, but yeah, and again, I'll talk about this uh, uh, more when I talk about my experience. But yeah, you would have no idea that this was um, a first event for them because it ran like clockwork. And uh, I was very appreciative for all of those folks that I just mentioned in their note, kind of uh, uh, jumping on uh, jumping on their backs there. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to let you know that um, uh, that there are pictures up and available to purchase from the photographer. There's a link on uh, their website, and I will include a link to this post at destinycitycomics.com uh, in the show notes if you want to check that out and see all the, all the fun that we had there. And with that, we move on to the weekend roundup. Do you guys know what time it is? It is time for us to do like we do at this time every week. It is the weekend roundup. Guess what? I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Look at what you're doing. That's cowbell sounds, and then a yeehaw. <laughs> and a nay. That's a horse that they're riding. Lassos. Lassos. And, um, I mean, bling, 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 uh, cowbells. Uh, they giddy up and there's a sunset and then drop. 
What Weekend Roundup. Wow! <laughs> what does a cowgirl say? You're going to want that cowbell! <laughs> Every time, I can't help it. Uh, uh, shout out to Mickey from uh, Mike and Mickey After Dark on KGRG FM, my uh, my former uh, co-host. I uh, um, every time I play this sounder, I think of the fun times we used to have on uh, KGRG. In fact, um, you can catch Mickey as the other half of the mixtape, um, a show that she does with Andrea, where they go through uh, different types of uh, themed playlists and. Talk about all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, that's uh, that's every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on 89.9 KGRG FM. Streaming online at KGRG.com and on the brand new KGRG FM app. See, it just I I I can't let it go. It just it just uh, it just just spews right out of me. It's just uh, um, so uh, uh, normally during this segment, I have you know like some pop culture news or some other uh, things to talk about. About. But this week, uh, I, uh, things are going to be a little more personal because it's just um, uh, things that I experienced that I had a great time with that I just I, I just want to share. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy about doing podcasting and talking to you is that I just I get to tell my stories and I just get to you know talk about uh, some of the cool experiences I had. Um, but. Um, Last week, I was telling you all to avoid that movie Downsizing, uh, that the Matt Damon is tiny, uh, uh, super preachy, mildly uncomfortable at times, environmental flick. Yeah, uh, stay away from that. But I also mentioned that the reason why we ended up seeing Downsizing, uh, my wife and I, is because uh, the uh, corresponding showings to The Greatest Showman were sold out and we weren't able to go like we wanted. So. We we went to that terrible Matt Damon movie instead, but this last week uh, was not the case, and my wife and I were able to go watch The Greatest Showman. Uh, that's the uh, a movie about uh, uh, P.T. Barnum and the origin of the circus, uh, the Hugh Jackman musical. Um, and I wanted to talk about that a couple for a couple minutes because I I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a really great movie the uh, uh the music is great the performances are great um you'll you'll have a lot of fun with it um the the movie i think does kind of uh, try to do too much sometimes. There's a couple times where it's kind of trying to capital S say something, you know, with return uh, with regards to kind of uh, uh, race relations at the time, as well as um, you know some uh, uh, classism and uh, culture clashes and things like that. And I I think it I think it gets a little jangly when it, when it tries to uh, uh, bring in perhaps more contemporary themes uh, to something like that. And and quite frankly, I, I'm not sure how to feel about a movie that uh, celebrates the circus uh, when the circus has been shuttered for nine months. Um, because the, the thing after watching this movie... I'll be damned. I wanted to go out and watch the circus because the way that this story is portrayed, it it captures and portrays the magic that I'm sure was presented back then. And um, it was a, it was just a lot of fun. And it um, 
uh, it also made me realize something when I was talking to uh, my wife after we had watched it. I did not realize this, but apparently I kind of like musicals. Um, I um, when I was when I was younger and more of a hardened, cynical uh, movie viewer, I'd be like, oh, musicals, whatever you you keep that away from me. But I've noticed that over the last several years, there are a lot of musicals that I actually like quite a bit. Like I like The Greatest Showman. I I liked La La Land quite a bit. Um, and that may or may not have something to do with having simultaneous crushes on on both Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling at 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 the same time. But no, that that was uh, just a really good fun movie, and I like a lot of the classics also, like uh, West Side Story, and uh, Rent is uh, uh, a huge favorite around the uh, Mike Seibert Radio compound. Um, so I. I I did not realize that I I enjoy musicals a lot more than I realized and but what I've also realized is you know as as you get older and you're exposed to more stuff your taste becomes a little more refined you know you kind of get a a better grasp of what you like and what you don't and I've realized that I like a specific kind of musical I like a musical where music is a component Um, And it drives the plot, but is not necessarily the storytelling mechanism for the entire plot. Like, for example, Grease. There is a story and there's a lot of dialogue that goes on to carry the plot. But then basically they break out into song and dance and that propels the story forward before going back into more dialogue. Uh, The Greatest Showman is very much in that in that same type of tradition. Whereas something like, say, um, uh, oh, man, uh, my wife and I tried to watch uh, Fox version of A Christmas Story um, over Christmas. It was, you know, like they did it live, very similar to like how they did um, Grease a couple years ago, which we really, really liked. If uh, if you haven't watched that and you have even a tangential um, enjoyment of uh, Grease and or decent musicals, go uh, track that down because it's really, really good. Uh, the uh, version of Rocky Horror they did was, um, I think, pretty serviceable and pretty okay, if not without controversy. Um, but their uh, their version of a Christmas Story was just god awful. We we got about maybe twenty five minutes into it and we just couldn't stomach it anymore. It uh, yeah, we just turned it off. And the reason why we uh, uh, couldn't stand it is because it is music wall to wall. Um, And I hate, well, hate might be a strong word, but I dislike, given what I just said, um, where dialogue is a important part of the musical number. You know, it's not just a performance. It's, you know, it's like these uh, characters are, you know, kind of going back and forth. And I don't, necessarily like that as a substitute for just a regular dramatic uh, dialogue. Um, Likewise, I don't care for uh, musicals where it's all told through a musical song and dance with no dialogue. Um, one of uh, one of my most uh, uh, embarrassing, regretful moments in my entire life is my uh, my wife and I went to go see a, uh, a play 
or at least I thought it was a play. It was uh, called Moving Out, and it was a uh, Twyla Tharp production based on the music of Billy Joel, and it's the story of these people that grow up together and all that. It's just Billy Joel music and people telling the story through interpretive dance. And she kind of liked it. I absolutely hated it. And I was a super dick about it. Like, you know, you've heard me talk in recent episodes where uh, for this year, I'm kind of trying to, you know, just play it more normal and just kind of straight across and just be like, oh, well, that's not my favorite. Or like, you know, try to find something positive to lead with before getting into uh, this made me actually nauseous and frustrated and angry. Um, uh, yeah, she and I don't talk about that too much because I, I was I was um, I, I was not OK about it. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, getting back to uh, The Greatest Showman for a sec, um, as I mentioned before, Everybody's great. Um, like you, since we've watched Hugh Jackman be Wolverine for the last seventeen years, you kind of forget that that's his background. He he started um, uh, with song and dance and doing these these giant Broadway style numbers. I mean, he's a Tony Award winning performer, um, and that's kind of first and foremost. And this you know action movie acting stuff kind of came to him later, and. And, um, you know, there's this opening number. He comes out and he just he just sets the scene and just blows the doors off of it with this uh, uh, with this really great performance. I'm like, oh, you know what? I think this is going to be OK. Um, and uh, another thing I've learned um, as I've perhaps uh, softened in my old age um I didn't know how big of a fan of Zac Efron I am. Yes, the high school musical kid. And and again, that was my experience. I'm like, high school musical, you keep that ish. Um, not that I've watched any of those, but um, uh, I think this movie is a return to people doing what we know them for. So, like, for example, Hugh Jackman started um, in theater production and he's returned to his roots on that. Likewise, I think that's the same thing with Zac Efron here because he's also really, really good with the uh, uh, song and dance and comedy and his interaction with uh, with Hugh Jackman. But Zac Efron ended up on my radar uh, just through, like, his comedy stuff. Like, you know, he was in those Neighbors movies and, and a couple other things. Where, you know, he was trying so hard to play against type to not be the uh, uh, floppy haired uh, high school musical kid to where, you know, he wanted to, you know, do something else. So it was cool to see him now later after he's kind of established himself in those comedies come back to singing and dancing and just uh, just doing a, a kick ass job of it. Um and again, the um, the the music is a little more contemporary than I would have thought. Um, it's got a really great beat. It's a it's a lot of fun. In fact, 
uh, Miguel from the Critical Thinking podcast uh, actually tweeted. He's like, okay, I haven't seen uh, the movie The Greatest Showman, but I wanted to give it a high ranking. Uh, the album is so li- uplifting and fun. The soundtrack, um, I can only imagine the movie rocked. Uh, freaking Hugh, Hugh Jackman is a superb singer. And um, so he and I kind of went back and forth a little bit. Uh, but it, but again, I mean, I mean, you get the idea. I, I'm rambling on and on at this point. Um, uh, the only thing critically I would also say about it as a as a uh, slight negative, um, sometimes uh, the lip syncing uh, through the singing is a little ropey. Um, but that doesn't necessarily diminish from the overall quality of the production. It's colorful, it's fun, it's fast. Um, a huge recommend, go out and watch The Greatest Showman. Um, another thing that uh, my wife and I did uh, throughout the week, and this is just kind of like a, a, a personal aside, is we've uh, we've recently been cleaning out our house and kind of trying to get rid of a lot of the junk and stuff and things that that we've been hanging on to for so many years. And I got to tell you, um, it feels good. It feels good to just, I mean, because like we had stuff in our back room. Uh, we don't have kids. So it's just my wife and I and our, our pair of cats, uh, you know, the the uh, thunderous Mr. Tater and, and Missy. Um, so it's just the four of us living in this uh, uh, decent-sized house. And our, our master bedroom is, I don't, I don't want to call it a man cave, but it basically is because that's where we have our video game system where we play Mario Kart Wii all the time. Um, and as well as it's got all my comic books, all my toys, all all of my junk. So it's basically a man cave and everything but name. But we had stuff back there that was literally garbage. Like, uh, you know, like uh, um, we had a bunch of wine bottles that we had accumulated and collected from like various places. It's like, ooh, fancy restaurant. Let's, uh, you know, let's keep this bottle. And you know, just just stuff that had been weighing us down for years. And finally, it's just like, you know what? It's a new year. Let's see if we can kind of clean this up a little bit. And it um, I, I know we're still a ways away from spring cleaning, but, you know, getting rid of stuff and junk and things. And there was a lot of stuff that that we threw in a donation box and and just uh, gave to the Salvation Army. It feels good. It feels good to just uh, again unburden yourself. You don't you don't want to be uh, on one of them hoarder shows. Um, but speaking of, I uh, I did want to mention the uh, Salvation Army uh, because I I had mentioned like around uh, uh, Christmas time that I participated in a toy drive with them, and that that was a lot of fun. And you know we collected a lot of toys. Uh, you know kind of helped uh, make the holidays a little brighter for uh, for some of the kids out there in our community um but i i came to work the other day and sitting on my uh, control board was an envelope uh from the salvation army um addressed to me addressed to me specifically not not the station not the studio to me and it was it was a thank you card and it was it was just you know thanking them um, for me coming down and participating at uh, part of the toy drive um but it it really got me and and this 
this sounds kind of dumb, but the uh, um, the card was signed by probably about a dozen or so folks. But what got me is that um, a lot of the uh, inscriptions were personalized. So it wasn't just like they had like a factory of people just signing their names over and over, which I'm sure they did. I mean, they they, they would have to do it in a in a group setting. But my point is, is like a lot of them said, Mike, thank you. Um, you know, or thank you, Mike, or something like that. Or, you know, we, we appreciate you coming out. You know, uh, it was more than just signatures. And, and that that's the point I'm getting at. I uh, and I just um, um, I, I really appreciated that gesture because they again, they they uh, got the thank you card. They signed it. They personally inscribed it and then put it in the mail for me specifically and I don't I don't know if I've had an experience like that before and it um it just made me feel real good and I just uh um I just uh uh wanted to share that um but in keeping with uh things I've done at work uh something uh, really cool that I had the opportunity to participate in uh this last week was uh one of the stations I work for had an exclusive sneak preview of the new movie 12 strong it's uh it's the declassified story of the horse soldiers and it details um our militaries the american military's first direct response to the terrorist attacks on 9-11 and it stars uh chris hemsworth and uh, michael shannon uh michael pena's in there uh rob riggle uh william fickner um a handful of other folks that you've seen in a bunch of other movies Movies. Uh, but anyway, we had the opportunity to host this um, exclusive sneak preview of the movie. A uh, movie isn't out until uh, this Friday, the 19th. Um, and and that was a blast. Um, first of all, um, when uh, when we went in, uh, the, uh, somebody from the studio comes out and says, hey, so this is an exclusive sneak preview. You know, you can't do any recording or anything like that. But what you can do is talk about the movie, you know, talk about uh, what you thought of it, encourage your friends to see it, you know, just kind of spread the word. Um, so I'm I'm doing my part right here um, because I I really enjoyed the movie now i'm you know you know me by now to where i am you know all about them comic book movies and you know sci-fi and all that so you know historical drama isn't always my thing uh war movies specifically are not necessarily my jam i uh um I have some really good memories of watching war movies with my dad, you know, watching uh, Patton and Battle of the Bulge and uh, uh, the Green Berets with uh, John Wayne and things like that. So, I mean, so um, that's really kind of where where my experience with war movies begins and ends. I think uh, my wife and I went to go see Black Hawk Down when it when it first came out. But that's a hard movie. And that's uh, um yeah, we only saw it the once, but um, this is also a Jerry Bruckheimer joint, just like Black Hawk Down, and it's again, it's really good. Um, uh, all of the performers are excellent, and the thing that I liked is, you know, we're we're used to seeing Chris Hemsworth as Thor, and you know, being in those uh, Marvel and Avengers movies, it was kind of cool to see him be um, rated R, like he's, uh, you know, with the language and violence, um, uh the violence is very intense. Like there are some 
extended uh, battle sequences and shootouts that, you know, I mean, again, you would expect uh, from a Jerry Bruckheimer joint, but it 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 earns its R rating. Um, but this uh, the story is really cool because, you know, it's it's this group of 12 guys. They go into Afghanistan and and um, they have to ride in on horseback. And that that's kind of where the the uh, story of the horse soldiers comes from, and um, and again, I just I just really liked it, and and you know there there were a few other things kind of connected uh, to this experience that that I I'm pretty sure in informed and enhanced my enjoyment of the movie also, but like uh, um, the day of. Uh, when we went to go see the screening, one of our show hosts um, had on uh, two of the servicemen, the soldiers uh, that were actually there on that mission. And as the interview was going on, turns out that these two guys are portrayed by Michael Shannon and uh, Chris Hemsworth in the movie. And the uh uh just the humility of that like like the dude just said it just very matter of factly oh uh, you know i'm played by chris hemsworth now they've uh, they've changed the names like the uh uh the gentlemen that were interviewed had uh had completely different names than the than the uh, characters in the movie um so I, I i think the reason for that is to as they put it uh this is a fictionalized version of that story and and I could tell that watching it, like, for example, there there is a central villain, like there's a, a renegade mullah who dresses all in black. He's, you know, the, the evil Taliban guy, like there's a particularly disturbing sequence where they... Um, They've rounded up these little girls and their uh, teacher um, who, um, you know, it's against Islamic law um, to educate girls past the age of eight. And there's this really tense sequence where this guy tests one of the little girls by making her spell something. And he knows then that she has been educated and they, they execute uh, their teacher right in front of them. It's, it's troubling, but anyway, this guy's wearing black. He's scary. He is the villain of this movie, which I think a movie like this kind of needs that. Um, and anyway, that, that's a uh, uh, fictionalized drama. Um, uh, but, but anyway, the, this interview was, was really good experience and groundwork, uh, for me to have going into this screening. Uh, plus as a, another part of this, uh, um, event, we had, uh, several members of the Green Berets, uh, first group, fifth group, um, a handful of special forces folks from JBLM, which is a joint base Lewis McCord um, down here in the uh, Tacoma area. It's our our local uh, military community. And as much as I enjoyed watching the movie, and I did quite a bit, um, but I think I got more out of it seeing the response from the special forces guys. 
Dude, they they dug this. They they really really dug it. But anyway, uh, so Twelve Strong comes out on uh, this Friday, the nineteenth. If uh, if you're into movies like this, you are gonna have a hell of a time watching it. Uh, huge recommend from me. Uh, check it out and tell your friends. And now I have done my uh, <laughs> I've I, I've done my part worth of uh, promotional consideration. I think I um, uh, earned my spot at that uh, at that screening there. So something every fan has to be cautious of. It doesn't matter what you're a fan of, whether it's, you know, movies, uh, TV shows, books, whatever. Um, Something as a fan you always have to be cautious of is um, uh, the potential risk in meeting your heroes. You know, one of one of the cliches out there is don't meet your heroes. Um, and I, I may not have talked about this uh, recently, but my don't meet your heroes story um, involves uh, William Shatner from uh, Star Trek, Captain Kirk himself. Um, I, I think I teased that I was going to tell the story uh, uh, one day, but um, it's very brief. Basically what happened was I, uh, I, I went to Emerald City Comic Con uh, here in Seattle, uh, paid like 80 bucks for like a separate ticket and a photo, and you stand in line for hours and hours and uh, to get William Shatner to do an autograph for you. And my, uh, my experience was not especially uh, favorable and and I think in the years since I've since reflected on it and I think I've realized that my experience came more from expectations um, because when, when I tell this story to my friends they're like why are you surprised that Shatner's kind of a prick I mean that's kind of his reputation and they're absolutely right, but nonetheless, I was still kind of heartbroken and disappointed. What what happened was he was sitting at a table, and basically what you do is you hand your item. In this case, I I had two items, actually. I had, oh, I had paid like the $75 twice. I forgot about that for a sec. I got, I got um, uh, uh, glossy 8x10s, uh, one of... Uh, classic Shatner as Captain Kirk from the 60s uh, Star Trek show. And then the other one was uh, more recently when he was Denny Crane on Boston Legal, um, a show that I had really liked and I really enjoyed his performance. But basically what you do is you give a handler the things that need to be signed and then they pass it off to Mr. Shatner and he autographs it while while you watch. So I got to watch William the top of William Shatner's head as he autographed my two pictures and then just slid them to the next side of the table for me to collect. He didn't look up. He didn't really seem all that he seemed disinterested in any kind of uh, connection. Um, no handshakes. Um, I asked the handler if um, if I could get the autographs personalized. He said no. And in a last ditch effort to kind of try to salvage this experience, because I mean, like my heart is already breaking as this is happening. He's he's uh, you know, he's already signed the autographs and pushed the portraits off to the side. And I just I, I don't even know why I said this. Um, I asked I asked uh, uh, Mr. Shatner, I was like, 
um, you know, uh, Mr. Shatner, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your work. Um, a lot of folks here in the line are uh, fans. Can we get a quick Denny Crane? And because that that was kind of like his catchphrase from Boston Legal, and he just you know anytime he would do something cool, he would speak of himself in the third person and just be like Denny Crane. To which he said, without even looking up, no, we're not doing that. And I collected my photos, and I left again, just devastated. And and I don't remember how long ago this was, but long enough to where I was a grown adult man. And, and again, to feel that kind of feeling as an adult man is kind of weird. Because, uh, you know, I mean, you, you experience stuff like that when you're a kid all the time. But as an adult, yeah, that's... It's kind of weird. Uh, but anyway, it, it kind of wrecked me. And it, and it put me on this path of never meet your heroes. And I would always tell people that until this last weekend. I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith. Um, and I've, uh, you know, I've been influenced by um, everything he's done, whether it's, you know, filmmaking, uh, uh, comic book writing, podcasting, especially podcasting, obviously, as you're listening to me here now. Um, but he he was in the Pacific Northwest. Actually, he spent like a week here. He uh, he did a handful of shows in Spokane. My good buddy, uh, Chris Burr Martin of the uh, Burr Martin Experience podcast, Selfie Dad himself, uh, uh, got to see uh, Kevin at a at a Hollywood Babylon show. Um, uh, got to meet him, get up on stage, take a selfie, and all that. That that was a cool experience for him. But but anyway, so he did a few shows in Spokane, but also in Tacoma, he did like. Oh God! Like like six shows, I think I want to say, and I'm saying all this because, unfortunately, because of my work schedule, I wasn't able to get to any of the shows. I couldn't get the time off, so I didn't even bother uh, trying to buy tickets before they sold out. So I, I was kind of in the dumps about that. Like, oh man, he, you know, Kevin Smith is in my backyard. I'd at least like to go see a show. Um, that way, you know, I can at least. Best case scenario, roll up to him and get some of uh, um, some of my comic books autographed. And so so it's been kind of a dream of mine to uh, be able to meet Kevin Smith and to have him autograph my books. But more importantly, uh, just to be able uh, to thank him uh, because he has been such an influence on what I do creatively. And then so I'm I'm uh, it's Saturday night. I'm at work. And I see Kevin Smith tweet something about a in-store signing at a store in Tacoma, a comic shop uh, called Destiny City Comics. It's a, a store, honestly, I hadn't heard of before. And I was like, what is this? And I immediately uh, just pounced on it. I am um, uh, one of the things that I'm also trying to do in uh, in my old age is be maybe a little less hesitant and maybe a little more impulsive on things. So um, uh, there were tickets. There was a charge for them. Um, a nominal. It, it was $10. Bucks. Um, but I, uh, I I jumped on that. I was like, I logged on. I bought a ticket immediately without really much consideration because it was Sunday afternoon after I got off work, but before the uh, uh, before his show that night. But anyway, so throughout this whole thing, I'm, I'm being super anxious, super nervous, and not knowing what to expect. I I found 
uh, the things I wanted to get autographed. Uh, um, it took a little bit of doing. I really need to go through um, some of my old comics. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I found the Daredevil I was looking for that was uh, um, signed by Joe Quesada. I found the Green Arrow that was autographed by both uh, Phil Hester and uh, Matt Wagner. Uh, the uh, Spider-Man Black Cat uh, that was autographed by both uh, Terry and Rachel Dodson, as well as a uh, um, the first Clerks comic that was autographed by Jim Mafood. Um, so anyway, so these were kind of like the, the Holy Grail items that I I had there were others that I passed on like I didn't bring the Green Hornet or Bionic Man that uh, that Phil Hester had autographed I I didn't want to push my luck because I wasn't sure if there was going to be an item limit or um, or what um, but the but the other thing that I grabbed um, and I I forgot about that that th- this was a thing I could get autographed um, in uh, in 1998. When uh, when a book called Oni Double Feature came out, it was the very first uh, Kevin Smith penned comic book. It was a Janet Silent Bob story, and it was uh, uh, drawn by Matt Wagner. And he was at a local uh, comic book convention here in Seattle, and I had him autograph the comic. Uh, but I also asked him, I, I gave him a, I, before I got a larger a sketchbook, which I'll talk about uh, on a different show, a different day. I'm kind of kind of running short on time here, but um, uh, I on a comic book backer board, I asked him to make a sketch of Silent Bob, and he did, and it was it was it was great. Um, I forgot that this was just kind of hanging up in uh, in in that back room I was telling you about earlier, my man cave. Uh, so I pull it down and I take that and I go to the signing. And it's, um, uh, again, kudos to everybody that helped out at Destiny City Comics because it, it was so well organized. Basically, what you do is you uh, the the comic shop is actually very, very small, uh, but there, there's actually an adjoining bookstore uh, called King's Books. There's a causeway that that you can, uh, you know, traverse uh, between back and forth between the stores. I thought they were the same business, but um, apparently that's not the case. But anyway, they, they had this. uh um, there was enough room inside the bookstore to where people could queue and go all the way around. And I never did get a, a sense of how many tickets they actually sold. But by the time I walked in at like one thirty, there was already like I was probably like the hundredth person. Uh, something like that. There was already quite a bit of uh, people there, but that was cool because I I got the um, occasion to make uh, line buddies. Um, I've talked about this before with uh, with regards to uh, my, my uh, Comic Con adventures. Um, but anyway, like I I hit it off with uh, uh, this guy named Mark. Um, we talked about all kinds of stuff. Uh, 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 shot the breeze. Um, uh, but I also uh, got to meet uh, Matt. From the Re Nerdish podcast, um, a uh, uh, another uh, geeky podcast out of the Pacific Northwest here, and it's funny because he and I were kind of going back and forth on Twitter a little bit. Oh, we should meet and network and blah blah blah. And I kind of wanted to do this thing where because I I had a feeling, I mean because I mean there there are several 
um, uh, geeky independent podcasts in town. Um, it's not just BJ's Geek Nation and uh, Northwest Nerd, and you know, I mean, th- those are kind of the big ones. But there's you know, uh, tons of independents like you know, like Movie Babies are out of Bellingham, um, a- as well as a, a couple others. Um, I I can't think of. Uh, uh, feel free and at me, um, but. Um, I, I just got to chatting with Matt and he was talking about, well, you know, maybe we should get like this, like, you know, uh, Justice League style roundtable of all these different uh, uh, Pacific Northwest podcasters, you know, and just talk about geeky stuff and get everybody's uh, different perspectives. So, you know, I'm looking forward to. Uh, uh, networking with Matt uh, sometime in the future seemed like a cool dude, but it was funny he was he was kind of asking me about my background a little bit, and I told him that well, I started on college radio. He's like, "Oh, at KGRG," and I I I was all like, <gasps> "I mean, how 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 do you know?" He points down uh, uh, your backpack. And so I had the KGRG drawstring backpack that was holding all of my uh, comics in that night. Um, but anyway, it cracked me up. So apparently he was on KGRG way back in the day in like the mid 90s. I don't know if I didn't think to ask if he knows Charlie Harger or not, uh, but he he was throwing all kinds of names at me of people that were uh, long before my time that I have no idea who they um, who they were, but but it was still cool, like you know, uh, to have kind of like that shared connection there. That you know, somebody else was on KGRG, but then is also now doing podcasting. So I I thought that was like double rad. Um, but anyway, like like I said, the 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 queuing and the um the the line was very very well organized. Everybody was super friendly. It was a, it was a fantastic experience. And something that that the shop did, um, uh, Destiny City Comics, um, instead of putting a item limit, um, they they cracked the code. You get one minute, sixty seconds with Kevin. Do whatever you want. Sign books, uh, take selfies, portraits, whatever. But regardless, you get one minute. And I thought that that was really cool because, like, if you do item limits, well, what of the people that, you know, want to want to do pictures or just want to talk um, or whatever? I think I think having the one minute limit really kind of um, uh is is a really good and fair compromise because um i i saw folks that didn't really have a whole lot of stuff like uh like one of the guys behind me all he had was his dvd copy of clerks and just wanted kevin to sign it um i saw a lot of funko pops i saw a lot of uh uh the the exclusive uh fat man uh fat man on batman style uh kevin smith pop as well as uh, some silent bob pops um Hey, we're into huge into Funko over here. the The headquarters is up in Everett. Uh, a shout out to Funko Des on the Monday Project BT Dubs. Um, anyway, I knew that I was going to have this uh, this time limit, so I was already kind of planning what I wanted to do. It's like, well, I need a picture and get my book signed. Um, but when I uh, finally, uh, when it when it was my turn, the the most important thing for me was to shake his hand, look him in the eye and say, thank you Uh, to thank Kevin Smith for uh, being the inspiration that he is for creative people. And, and I nailed it. 
I did it right. I didn't fumble over my words. I didn't embarrass myself. Um, because like when I was like the, uh, uh, second or third back when to the point where you can look around the corner. Oh, oh, there he is. Um, that's when the nerves started kicking in. And, um, uh, but no, I, I, I was, um, so concise to where I think I actually left there with time still on the clock because we, uh, um, we, we got to talking about podcasting a little bit because I had shared with him that there were other podcasters that he probably met um, or was going to meet. And, uh, you know, Kevin told me, he shared with me that, you know, yeah, people were like, you know, it's, it's great. They're on, you know, episode 100 or 150 or 300. And, and he shared with me that he thinks it's just super cool that people are having those uh, milestones and are kind of taking at least a little bit of inspiration from what he does. Uh, but he also kind of got into a little bit about um, uh, uh, talking about Adam Curry and how he was... Uh, uh, basically kind of like the first podcaster and how uh, Kevin kind of took uh, inspiration from him. And it's so funny because like as he's telling this Adam Curry story, that's when I kind of uh, lean into him, put my arm over over his shoulder to kind of pause uh, and and uh, so I can make sure and get my photograph. So like uh, one of the nice guys uh, uh, was there holding the camera. He took the picture and um and yeah so i i just kind of i think i kind of actually ended the conversation i just i shook his hand thanked him for coming to uh the pacific northwest and for hanging out because here here was the thing also th- this event was supposed to go from 2 to 3 o'clock i didn't go through myself until about quarter to 4 so i don't know if that's because perhaps they oversold tickets which I don't think is likely. Most likely, it just became economy of time because even if you're having 60 seconds for like 200 people, um, I, I'm i no mathematician, but I think that's more than an hour. Um, but he, he was patient. He was, um, he was kind. He was giving. He was funny. Um, and really, the last thing to say on that is that he um, kind of broke the curse for me at least, of meeting your heroes. So um, I guess now for every William Shatner story I have, I also have a Kevin Smith story of where he, uh, um, again, he was he was just gracious and awesome, and I was grateful uh, for the opportunity to have, uh, uh, to have met him, uh, to get my book signed and to have thanked him for being such an inspiration. Um, also I, uh, so I was tweeting about this and posting about it. Um, uh, two of my buddies, uh, uh my good friend, uh, Paul Rennie, um, was kicking sand a little bit because he had to work. Uh, but then also, uh, my man Mannix, Eric Mannix, uh, of the, uh, uh, out of the fridge podcast, another great, huge, uh, geeky podcast podcast out of the Olympia area, um, a huge award-winning geeky podcast uh, out of the Pacific Northwest, uh, also had to work um, and uh, and wasn't able to attend, but... Um but no, it was it was just a it was just a, a really great experience. Um, but it was a it, it was not without excitement because um, my wife and I had a date 
uh, later that night that uh, that I had already arranged uh, previously, we went to go see Monster Jam at the Tacoma Dome. So basically what happened was I went from uh, work straight to Tacoma to hang around and, you know, get in line and 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 meet Kevin. And then basically I had to turn around and go home to turn back around with my wife and for us to uh, you know grab some dinner first, of course, and then see uh, Monster Jam. And it's funny, like when when um, when you're on a tight schedule, that's when you start making poor choices that end up being not so tactically advantageous. Like I knew when I left work, I was running low on gas. Uh, by the time I got to Tacoma, it's like oh. I will not make it home because my my choice was either stop and get gas and delay getting to the comic shop or go to the comic shop, get there as quick as I can so I can line up as quick as I can um, and then get gas on my way home, which sounded good. Problem was I left and I uh, I knew which gas station I was going to go to. It was closed. It was all roped off, coned off, no gas there. So I am scrambling, trying to figure out where a uh, a next closest gas station is. Meanwhile, not only is my uh, uh, idiot light on, but I can see the needle starting to dip below E a little bit. And uh, long story short, I found a gas station across the street from the hospital and probably the roughest part of town. Like there was a dude sleeping outside. There was another dude who was kind of like haggling folks as they kind of came in in and out of the store. And I just kind of hung around by my car, just kind of, clutching the the uh, uh, gas pump there. Um, and a, as my wife gave me a hard time about when I got home, she's like, well, you probably paid more for it too. And sure enough, yeah, it was about 20 cents more a gallon than it would have been um, uh, closer to home there. But but them's the breaks. But, um, but yeah, so it was a quick turnaround um, and, uh, you know, changed my clothes really quick. And we went to go see, uh, monster jam, uh, the, uh, um, uh, monster truck rally race at the Tacoma dome. So I, I, I wouldn't say that my wife and I are, uh, uh quote unquote fans or capital F fans of, uh, of monster jam. I mean, I, I, I barely understand how the, uh, uh, the sport operates. Um, but I, I do know that every couple years uh, we like to go because it's just a lot of fun. I mean, you know, it, it's giant trucks driving over uh, broken old cars. You got like ATV races and and of course the, the promise of destruction and carnage and, you know, uh, uh, giant ridiculously expensive monster trucks jumping over dirt hills and sometimes they don't make it. Um, and it's, it, it's always been a lot of fun. So I uh, I, I happened to have uh, uh, gotten a pair of tickets from work, and and again this was before uh, the the Kevin Smith thing, so. I knew it was going to be a busy day on top of, you know, like you've heard me already talk about, um, on top of already a pretty busy 
um, eventful week. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we we had a blast at uh, at, at Monster Jam. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and it's uh, it, it's broken up into um, a couple events. One first is just kind of like a straight race. Um, and then you have like the two wheel challenge where like the monster trucks have to like do these coordinated stunts where there's, according to the reader board, at least a dozen different types of tricks that you can do on two wheels, like, you know, hopping up and down or, you know, driving on, on, on its side. Um, uh, plus there was like, uh, like I mentioned before, ATV races. And of course the, the, uh, monster jam freestyle where, uh, for 60 seconds, the, the trucks just kind of go nuts and kind of do everything they can to, uh, earn those points because apparently monster jam is like, I mean, obviously it's a, national thing i think it's even on tv um but it, it's it's like a, a huge big deal and there's points to be had and all of this other stuff um but uh the the thing that i mean i'm just a sucker for carnage uh, there was there was a couple of the trucks that uh kind of wiped out a little bit like uh like a gravedigger in particular now like i thought gravedigger was supposed to be like the signature truck you know like the heir apparent to bigfoot you know what what i kind of grew up on uh but man that thing kept rolling on its side and and uh but but my favorite thing was like during the two wheel challenge it goes up into the air lands on basically its butt and just kind of gets stuck <laughs> And, and this went on for like, it, I mean, like you had to get the cranes and the equipment out there. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was a blast. Um, uh, so so I was uh, I was kind of posting about it a little bit because I uh, I didn't quite make this connection until maybe we were halfway through the event. And what had happened was like one of the trucks uh, Earthshaker, I think it was, uh, was like damaged in a, in like the two wheel challenge. And like, um, they, it was like, well, maybe it's going to get repaired. Maybe it's not. And like, at some point later, the announcer comes out and, and he says, okay, well, um, uh, Earthshaker might be able to come out, but he needs your help. He needs your cheers to be able to come out and 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 uh, 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 compete in the next event. And sure enough, the crowd is like, we're getting up on our feet and we're like, woo, you know. And and I learned that night that the power of our cheers can heal, can uh, bring life back to a uh, damaged monster truck. Now, if I had known that when uh, when I watched that Transformers movie uh, when I was seven years old, you know, like, I would have stood up when Optimus Prime was on his deathbed and had already passed the Matrix onto Ultra Magnus, I would have been like, Woo! <laughs> Prime needs your cheers! <laughs> and so, yeah, so, so cheers, uh, Cheers save truck lives. And sure enough, uh, uh, Earthshaker came out and, and participated in the event. And it, and it was all, all very exciting. But 
this got me onto like the, this weird side tangent where I realized then that Monster Jam is really not all that dissimilar to the WWE. You know, like, I mean, I think pro wrestling and uh, monster truck rallies have a lot in common. Like, you know, like the the uh, trucks have personalities and they're kind of anthropomorphized. And I... Um, I just I just saw a lot of connection there, uh, which inspired uh, some uh, Twitter conversation between my man Dave from the Dave Sanders show, um, as well as uh, Killing Spree at Late Night Death and uh, the Something Something podcast, because uh, I noticed that they were uh, liking my tweets as I was going. It's like, um, um, you know, I, I think I even put out there like, uh, can a can a monster truck break kayfabe? I don't know. Um, uh, but anyway, so they kind of went back and forth apparently like, um, and I forgot that I, I knew this, but like back in the day, like, like, uh, um, uh, WWF had like their own monster trucks. Like Dave sent me a gif of like, uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant, like morphing into monster trucks, uh, something, something podcast put out there, uh, like WCW had their own trucks as well. And I kind of forgot about all that. And I, um, I, I didn't realize this until I was kind of uh, going back and forth with him, but uh, Killing Spree himself actually went out to uh, uh, Monster Jam on a Friday, I think it was, um, because, yeah, we, we were kind of going back and forth about that um, a little bit. Um, but but the last thing I want to mention about uh, uh, Monster Jam before I uh, close this out, I mean, obviously it was a lot of fun. All the drivers are uh, you know really gracious and, and uh, good to their fans. But I also noticed that um, that they are right on top of their social media. I didn't get a whole lot of interaction on Twitter, but I was also posting stuff on my Instagram again at Mike Cybert Radio, and I had um, uh, fans of Monster Jam uh, liking my posts. But more than that, the actual drivers, like I had four different uh, drivers. Um, like my posts, you know, obviously I'm sure they weren't Instagramming and driving, uh, while they were monster jamming, but I, I just thought that was really cool in that, like, uh, one, I'm glad I didn't post anything snarky. Like, I think the closest I got was, and this was the one that kind of made me squeak my sneakers a little bit. Uh, there was a, uh, one of the trucks was called like, um, Oh, uh, uh, mad, mad monster Dalmatian or something. It was a Dalmatian looking dog and it had like a, a tongue that kind of popped in and out a little bit. All the trucks kind of had like their, their special move, kind of their special feature. Like there was like, you know, El Toro Loco with the giant fiberglass horns and like kind of spit steam out of its nose. And, and another one called alien invasion that had like, you know, trippy green alien lights on it. Uh, but anyway, so, so I, I posted, I'm like, like, it's a truck, dot, 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 but it's also a dog. Hashtag Monster Jam. And yeah, like uh, like an hour after the thing, the driver um, <laughs> liked that post. And it, it, it just, I don't know, it cracked me up. A um, lot of um, uh, two of the drivers were uh, ladies, like the, the driver of the uh, Dalmatian truck I was talking about, but also of uh, Gravedigger, um, which I maybe I'm just not paying attention, but I hadn't noticed that before. And I, I thought that was pretty rad. Uh, but I 
mean, all in all, I mean, I mean, Monster Jam is a hell of a lot of fun. You know, just uh, trucks running around in the dirt. I mean, I mean, perfect uh, for the five-year-old in you. Coming up next, here's a song called Not My Own, that by Seattle band Limberlost, who you can see on this Friday, January 19th, at Jazz Bones in Tacoma with Dead Set, See by Sound, and me. I'm going to be doing some uh, emceeing for them. I'll tell you more about that right after this. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio.
Not My Own, that by Limberlost, and you are listening to Mike Seibert Radio. And again, you can see Limberlost live this Friday, January 19th, along with Dead Set and Sea by Sound at Jazz Bones in Tacoma. If you want more information, head over to their website, limberlostmusic.com. Um, and I'm especially excited about this show. I mean, obviously, I've been talking about it for the last several weeks, um, but I I've uh, I've been invited to do some emceeing for that show, kind of you know, kind of work my mic skills a little bit. But I've uh, um, recently gotten a, a couple more details about what is going to be involved, and uh, one of the things I want to share with you is that this will be the exclusive live debut of their brand new single, their forthcoming single, uh, "Long Shadows." Um, it's been uh, long in the works. They're putting the finishing touches on it they want to make sure it's just right uh before they release it it's it's going to be it's going to be great uh but they will be playing that song live for the first time and they will um they will also be shooting some video uh for an upcoming music video uh for that new song uh long shadows and you get the opportunity to be a part of that and that's kind of where i come into play a little bit uh there are uh portions of the song that are going to be kind of audience participation parts and I get to help you do the right things so the uh, so the music video shoot comes off without a hitch and if all goes well we all get to be video music stars so uh, so how about that um, also I will be on site uh, conducting live interviews I'm going to try to chat with uh, the other bands uh, maybe some of the promoters but I definitely want to talk to you if uh, if you happen to be out at that show uh, don't be shy roll up to me uh, I have no idea what I'm going to wear yet probably something that identifies myself as a radio person uh, but I definitely want to talk to you about uh, uh, the band what you think about uh, local music and just uh, say hi. So if uh, if you want to be a part of an upcoming episode, a podcast episode of Mike Seibert Radio, then uh, and head over to Jazz Bones this Friday again, uh, January nineteenth. Uh, doors are at seven. Show is at eight. That is a twenty-one and over show. Um, there might still be a couple pre-sale tickets left if you want to head over and grab those for six bucks. Outside of that, it's going to be ten dollars at the door day of the show. Uh, but man, we'd love to pack the joint out and uh, uh, myself and Limberlost and and uh, we'd love to meet you. Um, but there were a couple other things I wanted to mention before I uh, ran out of time and, and I need to get out of here. I want to let you know that this Wednesday um, from 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific time uh, on the Puget Rock Show on 89.9 KGRG FM hosted by my good buddy Stardog the Red and T2 um, they will have members of Limberlost as guests on the show, and provided that the final mix has been done, fingers crossed, uh, they will have the exclusive debut of that single Long Shadows that I was just talking about here. Um, So you won't want to miss that. But also, on that same show lineup uh, for uh, this week's episode of uh, Puget Rock, uh, Brooksy is going to be coming in. Brooksy, of course, uh, from Mr. Master, but he's he's got a dope show coming up on Saturday the 20th, the day after the uh, Limberlaw show. It's Radfest 2018 and man, this is a jam-packed lineup 
up, featuring good friends of the show, Strangely All Right, as well as our homies The Morning After, Cashing in Karma, as well as a lot of other dope bands like Damn the Flood, uh, Crossing Crusades, Devil Hunt Me Down, and and of course, uh, Mr. Master themselves. Um, uh, Brooksy's been working on this show for a while. He's been working really hard at it. It's going to be great. Um, you're going to definitely want to show up for that. Um, speaking of Strangely All Right, I also wanted to let you know about a show that they have coming up uh, Saturday, February 10th at Real Art Tacoma. It's a jam that they're calling Tacoma Love. Um, it features uh, Strangely All Right, uh, Kim Archer, Angie Lynn, and countless others. Um, and one of the things that they're going to be doing is they are going to be uh, playing and covering each other's songs um, with uh, the net proceeds to benefit Pierce County YWCA and Community Resource Center. Um, and, and again, that's going to be at Real Art Tacoma on Saturday, February 10th. Uh, you won't want to miss that, as well as uh, those other shows that I mentioned. A lot of sick shows uh, for you to add to your upcoming event calendar. And finally, I wanted to give you a sneak preview of what's coming up in the next few weeks on the podcast. Here are some exciting coming attractions. Next week on Mike Seibert Radio, I will have an exclusive interview with the folks in Waking Things, who uh, uh, you heard last week, uh, we've announced that they are now a four-piece band, uh, having uh, uh, welcomed Sam into their ranks. Uh, So I'm going to be talking to them about uh, what they've got coming up, including what to expect from their forthcoming EP, Hang In There. Um, So that's going to be great. That's, uh, That's going to be dropping next week. If you have uh, questions that you would like to ask the band, hit me up uh, on email, MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com, or on the Twitters or the Instagrams, at MikeCybertRadio. Get those in, and we'll uh, ask your question and give you a shout-out on the air. And then in three weeks, uh, the podcast dropping on February 6th, uh, Raymond Hayden uh, is going to be joining me. Uh, He of Strangely All Right, uh, Grieve the Astronaut, as well as Maurice the Fish records um he's uh he's going to be on to talk about all of those projects all of those irons he's got in the fire as well as kind of a uh state of the union of the local uh music scene so you won't want to miss that that's going to be a lot of fun and then uh somewhere in there too i'm uh looking to have kyle stevens from uh, seattle nerd rockers kirby crackle on to join us and talk about crackle fest eight uh that happening march 2nd at the Hard Rock in Seattle in conjunction with Emerald City Comic Con uh, featuring Mega Ran, Kirby Crackle, uh, and Lucia Fasano. It is going to be a night of nerd rock and comedy, um, and I can't wait to catch up with Kyle and talk about what's uh, what's happening that with this year's show because it is going to be nothing short of amazing. All of that and more coming up in future episodes of Mike Seibert Radio. Ah, out of time. 
Another show done and in the books. I would like to thank you so much for listening this week and every week you tune in. If you'd like to listen to any of my old shows and podcasts, including my old college radio shows on KGRG, you can listen and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts, because apparently we're not calling it iTunes anymore. Um, Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you'd like to help to boost the profile of this little independent podcast, post a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll give you a shout out and I will read your review on the air. Uh, Join me live again with Limber Lost, Sea by Sound, and Dead Set at Jazz Bones in Tacoma this Friday, January 19th. I will be emceeing that event. You won't want to miss it. You get the opportunity to be a part of an upcoming podcast episode as well as the uh, music video shoot for their brand new upcoming single, Long Shadows. Uh, Pre-sale tickets are 6 bucks, $10 at the door. Again, more information can be found at limberlostmusic.com. My name is Mike, and this has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, make good choices.